and welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. We're three aspiring writers trying to figure our way from things we've written to that polished, published, shiny book at the end. Um, I'm Bora, and today I'm here with Kate. I'm Kate, writing a fantasy fiction. And Kathy, And I'm writing a rom-com novel. Um, so today I kind of wanted to start off with um, asking questions about genre. So... I've switched from writing a screenplay and now I'm back to some work I did in NaNoWriMo, which was a fantasy piece of prose, which is probably a novel. So now that I'm wrangling with fantasy, I want to pick the <laughs> Welcome brain. to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, pick Kate's brain, actually, about um, how you write fantasy and what, what are the things you need to do Great. during it. Great. Edit it and make it make a bit of sense now that I know what I'm writing about. Um, and so I kind of started to think about what it was that I needed to do. So I have a little article here about the top eight rules for writing fantasy <laughs> by Melissa Kelly. Um, and I kind of wanted to pose the questions that she has sure. has set and see how you did it. Because definitely some of the things I have not done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I haven't done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, begin with the world. Uh, mm. creating the world where your fantasy novel is set is one of the most important parts of creating a successful fantasy novel. And you need to have a world that's pretty fleshed out before you start. And she says, like, the reason why this is important is that just as there are specific rules on Earth, mm-hmm. like gravity, <laughs> etc., um, your, your world needs to have its own kind of rules yeah. and laws and yeah. you need to kind of abide by that and see what's different. So, yeah, I was wondering, did you start out with your world? Well, I probably... Okay, so looking back, like, where I am right now, I I wish I had done a map <laughs> or done something, yeah, more with that earlier on. But I think, well, yeah, I mean, if you can start with that, if if what you're thinking of, can you can put that on the back burner and then just start daydreaming and creating the world um I think you'll have so much more of a foundation of okay so the character like I know that if they go to the west there's going to be these mountains here and then if they go beyond that and then and then you know distances you know and then you know like how long it'll take to walk that yeah. if you, or, or by horse or by mm-hmm. dragon <laughs> as the dragon <laughs> as flies. Dragon flies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think that if you can do that, great. Great. If you can write the geography textbook of your world <laughs> but, before you write the story. Yeah. Who does though? Like, well, okay, so this is, I, I read a book, um, Orson Scott Card wrote a book, and yeah. I think we mentioned it before, and yeah. it was, um, like, rules for writing science fiction, science fi- yeah. fiction and fantasy, and he says, start with the map. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't do did that not either. Do that. <laughs> right. Um, and I did, obviously, hit a point where, you know, where someone was moving around, and I was like, where? How do we describe this place as distinct from this place? Because right. I was getting it now. I, I need to go and edit it because there's a lot of like mountains versus plains, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what's going on. But I do kind of think that 
it's all very well to say begin with the world and create the world, yeah. but you'd be very it'd be you'd be in danger of just getting lost in the creation of the world and not write a story. Yeah, and I think when you like, if I sat down to create a world, I don't think I know what I needed in that world mm-hmm. until my character walked in it. Yeah, so, sometimes I think if you want to just get started, you just start with the story, and then at a certain point when you get stuck, you're like, oh, yeah, wait. Geography. Yeah, where <laughs> are we this? going? Where are we going? So then yeah. we need to, you, you. Or even like, it. is it a magical world? Is it not a magical yeah, world? Yeah. Is it? You know. Um, so when she says start with it, does she mean like just have a think about it and have it straight so. in your head rather yeah. than yeah. when you're starting to write your novel? Right no, no, from it, a world it, building point. No, of view. I think it is just like you have to decide. So I know for talking, he when he called it Middle Earth, he called it Middle Earth for a reason. It's it's supposed to be Earth-like. It's Earth okay. at some sort of legendary point mm-hmm. in the mystical past, right? Yeah. So, you know, gravity is the same. Seasons are the yeah. same. You know, yeah. like, things like that. Okay. It's just, there's a little bit of magic. But not, it's not magic yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You know, not everyone right. has magic. You know, the, a lot of it's a very kind of blurred, mm-hmm. serious okay. thing. But, you know, obviously George R. Mm-hmm. R. Martin, when he's writing about Westeros and Essos... They have different seasons, seasons that last years, which mm-hmm. confused me yeah. for a good while. I was like, how could... Winter is still not coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're still waiting We're for still winter like, to come. I that eternal summer. I love it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, like, I would love the it. Long, and the long dark and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, so he's obviously writing about a place that's physically different. Yeah. But then it's still at the same time Earth-like. There's still mm-hmm. gravity. There's still, you know, people and, you know, mostly humans. Yes. Yeah, well, we do have other, mm-hmm. like, creatures. But... You know, I I want to rewind really yeah. quick to thinking. Okay, so the first novel that I tried to write, well, I did write, but it's safely on my computer, <laughs> tucked away. Where sometimes I look at it, it was more. It was kind of sci-fi fantasy, and I did have to figure out because <clears throat> I did create this whole world, and the solar system is different. So mm-hmm. I did research on gravity. Yeah, and just. Mm-hmm. Had to, like, I have a certain notebook that I have the doodle, like, where is the Earth at, the planet's axis, yeah. and mm-hmm. how does it rotate, is it, mm-hmm. you know, retrograde, like, yeah. rotation, and, mm-hmm. and just all the stuff that yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't actually say it in the, in the book, but, you're, the book yes. but people have to know it. But you're, one you're... of the planets does, like, the sun sets in the east because it turns the other way. The other way. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> But so I did have that research, yeah. and then the fantasy it it takes place like probably a thousand years before that. So it yeah. I did mm. kind of have the world. You and, did, yeah. <clears throat> and the um, there were two moons, and and just and then it could the, flesh out as you go, and it fleshes mm. out as you yeah. go, yeah. Because as you're writing it, yeah. you're like you you say, you say okay, well, oh. what do I need? Oh, I need this right now, and so yeah. you can go away, and you can really think about that, and and come up with a, a stronger yeah. It, the, the stronger the sense that you have of the world, the better. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense to me because I feel like you would only choose to write like fantasy if you were crazy. You know what? Crazy. A bit off. <laughs> and B, your story really called for it. So, like, mm. you know. It, it, I feel like it almost goes hands in hands, this kind of crazy new world that you have pictured in your head, plus your stories. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like you, I don't think you would, 
if you just had the story where it was like an adventure and they yeah. go on a yeah. boat and they do this, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't necessarily put it into a fantasy world. It was more like if you were like in a fantasy world and you were like in the boat floats and then they go to the well. I know, think something. Yeah. I think magic then becomes the thing. Now I'm actually gonna. Okay. 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 We kind of blurred. And her next point was create maps, which we mm. have talked about, mm-hmm. right? And I can totally get that because otherwise you become confused. I'm and, raising my hand right now because yeah. can I say something? Yeah. Um, yes, I have a map day scheduled. On yeah, somehow I need to just go figure out yeah. my yeah. map. Yeah. I need to do that now. I, I have felt the need for that. I think I have a bit of a mental map and I'm not really sure where my character is going to go next so I'm not really sure what bits of the map I need to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, to talk a little bit about the world thing, I took a, a cheeky shortcut in building the world mm-hmm. and decided I'm, I'm in a Tolkien-esque world. Okay. Right? And I feel like if I would just after Lord of the Rings come out, it could be plagiaristic. But at this point, so many people have written in yeah. Tolkien-esque type worlds that I feel like I can get away with it. <laughs> so I've changed some things. Like, it's not the same people. It's not the same, you know. But actually, the story that I want is built on the understanding that mm-hmm. you know, basically, the plot of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's happening after something like that. Yeah. So I, that is my cheat in the world. But mm-hmm. I did have to think... And this is the point that I'm blurring into now, which is the point about magic. I need yeah. you to think about magic. So her, her third point is, if your world's going to include any form of magic, and to be honest, that's mostly the distinction that there is in fantasy, mm-hmm. is that there is some form of magic. You have to decide on its limits, its costs, its required actions, its possible usage. So there has to be, who can, who can use it? How do they use it? Like, why doesn't everyone use it? What are the costs of using it? And and anyone who writes good fantasy always there's always some sort of cost or some sort of serious limitation yeah. to magic. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, so for me I I came to a point in my story where I was going to include something magical and for a while I wasn't sure whether it was mm-hmm. gonna be like a mystical mm-hmm. people say it was magic, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. And then I just went full on magic, right? <laughs> <laughs> But my character, so this is a first person, practically single character. He mm-hmm. does bump off people from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not a magic user. Okay. So, and he doesn't know how to use magic and he's not going to know how to okay. use magic. He's not going to gain the ability. Magic is a thing that happens around him and he has certain abilities, but magic isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, but I had to make the decision. Like he wasn't suddenly going to get powers, you yeah. know, like yeah. that was it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what about you? You have that's, magic. That's interesting because yeah. my main character, it's kind of the same idea. Is magic is around him, yeah. but he doesn't have. And he he. That's true. He, there's such different characters. There are such <laughs> different characters, though. But there's that theme in there. Yeah. That's yeah. something that. That's a reality, and that they. They can't use this. Because yeah. I guess like a lot of a lot of high fantasy is about the magic users. People mm-hmm. who, I mean like Harry Potter, right? Discovers mm-hmm. to be a magic user. Mm-hmm. That kind of that kind of stuff. And I think um for for me, I mean it's not it's not really the main point of what I'm writing about. Mm-hmm. Um because actually I'm writing this story. I don't think it's gonna be about redemption, but it's about someone who's done terrible things and is now filled with regret. Yeah. So um you know, I don't like I think my character so far has been, he's used to being a, a real actor, and my story he's not an actor anymore. Things mm-hmm. happen to him, and it's all about how he deals with that and what it, what what it does to him. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's making decisions about magic. I find it very frustrating mm. when people write, or actually more, it more happens in film adaptations of novels by fantasy, yeah. where the people who make the film do not understand there has to be rules to magic. There has, there has to be, be limitations. And I yeah. find that very frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. uh, I could, I, mm, yeah. we, we could rant about I, that all day. I could give the examples. Yeah, so good. Her fourth point is about history. So, if you're going to have different races living in your world, you need to create history and a description mm-hmm. for the characters of these races. You need to know how different races treat each other, if there are prejudices between races, um, why are they there, mm-hmm. what are the details of history and descriptions of you know, that which you will be using mm-hmm. for the person or the people in your story of that race. Right. So you Sounds have... I have, that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> so yours, you've got quite a dense um, yeah. history and... Mm-hmm. A lot of prejudice, um, kind of a clan, clanism, mm-hmm. almost, yeah. or um, conquest of peoples, mm-hmm. and leaving from... A set, like very, a very troubled past mm-hmm. for one of these yeah. certain people. And in fact, I need to go, like, I don't, I do have an idea of what that past is, mm-hmm. but I actually, I think I want to write. You need to go deeper. Another book, like, it, yeah. it will be another book yeah. about how that came about. Kathy's <laughs> cringing. I know, I'm like, seriously, you've written the how many words of this book? Oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> you can't oh, be right. That's the thing about fantasy, though, right? This you can, is the fourth book. You write can write the one. Write the first one. Don't <laughs> start book four. Well, <laughs> I think like, there's always room when you're writing fantasy. Like, you, look at, you look at people like, like Martin and like Pratchett and other people and them have written other books around like atlases and I problem with Kate starting book four. <laughs> I have no problem with you writing many books in this world. <laughs> I'm just saying finish book one first. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finishing but yeah. So yeah, you have so, all this quite complicated. So, but there I mean it, it is <clears throat> again the more you as the writer know about the history, the more the richness that yeah. will come through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you accidentally bring that through. Do you mm-hmm. know the way? Because I think if you know the history, you don't try to avoid it. No, like, yes, you, you, you don't just, try to. It, it just comes of, through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not that like you like sit down and write the history, mm-hmm. but it's that you know characters yeah. can refer to it in a natural kind of way mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, and like I've written, there there's ruins. There's this kind of these echoes of. An ancient people, yeah. Um, that it, yeah, that their language is dead now, they're gone because this other people came and like wiped them out or enslaved them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have bits of this, right? And again, I have my Tolkien sheet, but um, for me, right, my story is after a very traumatic event, right? After, after the fall, after the you know, after the bad war where everything goes wrong mm-hmm. for my character. Mm-hmm. Not for the good guys. Mm-hmm. The good guys won that war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Spoiler. It's after the war. Good so always wins. Yeah. So and he kinda has flashbacks to that that happening and how um you know he, he how that's come out for what I'm doing is it's 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 very present, right? The story is very mm-hmm. in the now. And um it's how he reacts to things and people around it's like mm-hmm. you know they're disgusting or 
you know, and they should be scared of me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I'm their worst nightmare. Yeah. But now they're not scared of me. What the fuck is going on? You know, <laughs> or, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. There are, like, I know what happened. Because of Red Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I the, the things are that I are the specifics that I have to work out, like, you know, I didn't actually want to just write fan fiction. So I had to, mm-hmm. you know, have specifics of, where my character had been in that history. Yeah. So I have a very strong sense of who he was, but I haven't said that. It's just mm-hmm. every so often. And and because he's so traumatised, he actually can't really think about it properly. It's mm-hmm. like it's a nightmare that comes mm-hmm. back to him every so often because mm-hmm. uh, of what he's done. So it's kind of, a, yeah, I had to have a really strong sense of who he was before mm-hmm. and what the world was like before, but he's really lost. So yeah. that enables, maybe it, maybe it enables me to be less specific, <laughs> you know, to be like, oh, you know, he doesn't know where he is, so I don't really have to draw the map yet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, her next point is about characterization. And I think for me, this is something that, yeah, I had to really think about it right so it's a characterization must be from the point of view of the fantasy world you can't take a person from the 21st century earth and transplant them in the world unless that's the whole point of the story right mm-hmm. so basically your character has to be thinking in terms of that character would think so I had at some point my character going to cry mm-hmm. and then I had to google a lot of can orcs cry and then I decided <laughs> orcs could not cry <laughs> yeah. that wasn't the normal thing for <laughs> most animals and um and then, um, so I had to think about that, and and how would how would they refer yeah. how would he refer to his own body? Mm-hmm. Would his would he have nails or would he have claws? Would he have teeth or would he have fangs? Would he, have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, all all of those things? What like it's like I think I said this before. I, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, but I ended up on forums trying to figure out how orcs reproduced. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and they have forums. Like yeah, that. there are. There's all like, and a lot of them. They're they're. I mean, they're full-on nerds right they're mm-hmm. like this line in Tolkien says this which implies this right yeah so it, I wasn't on another type of site in case right. that's what you were thinking <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> you know I thought that they were produced from the earth see so, but then at so other points he talks about them as being like an- animals yeah and so then you know how are they anyway so I decided they were mammals right Decided they were mammals and they reproduced like mammals and just that. Do the female orcs look like I just, the yeah. male orcs? Yes, yeah. you can't tell from them. You can't tell. I, I think orcs can tell. Yeah. In the same way dwarves can tell, but from the outside, you know. Um, so I just decided that, and I just had to make that decision. I had to kind of like I couldn't fumble around and, you know, he my main character is an orc and we're all inside his head. And so he knows, of course he knows how orcs reproduce. He can't be blundering around going, oh, is it? Did they come out of the ground? Are they clones? Are they like machines? Is that did an elf, you know, go out with a goblin? (laughs) You know, what? So I decided that though um that some of their some of their practices would be alien, like in the sense that I think what I just said, right, what if they were mammals but their um childhoods were quite short? So as human beings our childhoods are very long. That's unusual. What if their childhoods were like three years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't have like a very obvious kind of mater- maternal, familial stuff from the outside because they're mm-hmm. only children for three years and by yeah. three years they're full grown and they're off on their own yeah. and therefore like mm-hmm. they don't need parenting mm-hmm. for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And that like, but that would, you know, that would be obviously very private and secret to other races. So mm-hmm. all this thing about orcs 
coming from the ground. And certainly, obviously, Saruman did a bit of cloning or something, something yeah. shady yeah. going on there. But, like, that would be different to how that they were animals. They didn't, even in Tolkien, they exist for centuries without wizards, without... Yeah. So there has to be some kind of, you know... Anyway, yeah. so that was, I just said, right, I've decided they're mammals. And <laughs> as I was talking to my friend, uh, when I made, I just kind of pinging back and forth with her when I made this decision... And she said, you'll have the fanboys up in arms. And I said, mm-hmm. well, that's when I'm going to hit back with my orc erotica. Oh, <laughs> oh no, please don't. Please. <laughs> anyway, I won't. I know you and... won't. <laughs> not. I don't know. I just, I'm just hoping she won't. <laughs> the story could take a turn. But yeah, so I really had to think about not, anyway, not transposing my understanding or my kind of, as a person in the world that I am, description. Obviously, you're doing this middle ground, okay? Because yeah. I'm a writer, and all my readers are also human. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that was understanding. So it has we to be a way. Yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> I've seen some intelligent dogs in my time, so you never know. But I assume. <laughs> I assume most of my readers. the book. I assume most of my writers are human, and uh, <laughs> you know, identify I mean, human. Identify yeah. sure. Um, uh, if any aliens or <laughs> other people out there want to read, I'm fine. Good, with that. Good, good. Um, but so obviously you have to transpose it into. You can't just write gobbledygook for pages. Although some writers, some writers can't do full on on that. Yeah, and um, they're well known for that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I'm not that genius though, so I'm not going to make up stuff that far. But it just it's writing in 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 the middle ground where it's like true to the story and only really words that would be understandable mm-hmm. in the story mm-hmm. and not words that are like 21st century words yeah mm-hmm. you know and um, what about you Kate have you had with the characterization yeah <clears throat> um how like what so your way? people are not earthly I right. think right um, but they're very earth. They're very they're like, they're human like they're human, anyway. Human. Okay, yeah. So you don't really have other, you have races of humans, but yeah. you don't have other species. Right. Um, um well actually you do. <laughs> oh I do, I do. You do. do, do. I? Yeah, I do. Um, I? But obviously then there are Oh yes. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I just had to remind Kathy. Yeah. She did a little gesture. <laughs> um oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you can guess what gesture Kate made. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so, like, have you, when you're describing them, do you, or when you're describing what they do, do you have to resist the urge or do you have to catch yourself when you might describe mm-hmm. them in a way that would be understandable to you, Kate, who lives in Ireland in 2016, mm-hmm. as opposed to one of them? One of them. Mm, maybe occasionally I do, but because they have different features... I have to continuously kind of remind people and the characters because they're reacting to these physical features and they have prejudice <laughs> that certain people look like this and yeah. this other people have these kind of eyes and they both kind of either creep each other out or just... You, there's a lot of othering going there's on. There's a lot of othering, so it constantly puts me in that, I guess, mindset of you're very aware yeah yeah very aware that these are different people and the different cultures and constantly having to 
um, them reacting to these new places. I want to eat their food now. I've just read a bit of Kate's <laughs> name stuff, and I was like, it all smells so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been putting a lot of more food in there. Just, yeah. I have a slow cooker that I've just been putting some <laughs> amazing things into, and it just, it's it's I imagine really smelling that while you're writing produces very sensory yeah. kind of nice. hungry yeah. hungry yeah. book. <laughs> so her next one, which I think is a really interesting one, is talking about theme. So your story will probably revolve around a theme. One of the most common themes is good versus evil, although there are many to choose from. Once you decide on your theme, try to avoid making overt statements concerning it at all costs. Let the reader learn about the theme and make conclusions on their own. Don't make their conclusions for them. So that was very interesting. I think that's very interesting because I don't... I just started writing. I, it was just there. The story was and what the character did. and what, I didn't think of themes. Mm. But there are themes. Yeah, there are themes. themes. And that's why I... Pff, somebody else has to write my synopsis because I can't <laughs> do it. Like, what is this book about? Uh, but I think that's why I think uh, your themes are really good. Maybe because you don't overtly mention them. They're just there in your story. So you've got themes about mm -hmm. prejudice and belief and privilege and, yeah. you know. Right and wrong. Yeah, right and wrong. yeah. I think it, for me it was more intuitive. But if you're not, and I'm more, in, like, that's how I, yeah. I'm just more intuitive. Not than most people, please don't get me wrong. But that's just the way that I operate. And um, But if you're not intuitive and you need to have that kind of clear, no, this is the theme, this is what it, yeah. it's about, I'm going to, yeah, to have more of that kind of planned out. Mm -hmm. But I think and even, uh, like, I think that, that saying don't make overt statements on it mm -hmm. is a very good piece of advice, mm -hmm. you know? Well, this is the whole, you know, just shoving a moral of the tail down your throat. Yeah. Like, it's better if you just are like, mm, if it makes you think about it subtly yeah. rather than you're like, please it's stop very, telling please me. Please don't tell yeah. me what it, you think. It really yeah. fits yeah, yeah, in yeah. well with the show don't tell yeah, kind of um, yeah. what process yeah. thing because, like, it's much more powerful. Like, I, I think it's, you know, plenty of... Um, fantasy writers have like a, a drum to bang right and and it mm -hmm. gets really oh like, it gets like really propaganda -y yeah it's so preachy and i think that if they just pulled back and didn't go all the way yeah would be so be, much more and you'd yeah. think you'd probably think more on the theme because you'd be like oh that's interesting yeah. you know yeah. it's more interesting when you're reading a book about somebody who's learning something rather than somebody who's trying to teach you something oh that mm -hmm. you're so right yeah yeah, because it's the realize. Then you go along with the characters and you yeah. have their realizations with them. Yeah. Um, so if you're learning, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Or, well, I think. Uh, well, I, all I was gonna say was that I think sometimes writers don't trust the reader to learn with them in yeah. the right way. They want <laughs> to tell them what they're going to learn, so it's like they're controlling the outcome. So I think sometimes you know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, the writer's banging on about whatever. And, and it's, it's, but it's because they don't it's want you annoying, to... It's annoying, yeah. it's irritating. But they, it's because they don't want you to come to your own conclusion. They want to tell you what your yeah. conclusion is going to be. Yeah, and you can't do that. Yeah. That's not how... Well, at least now, that's not how we learn and we take in... We have so much information that we have to just... We filter it in, in different ways. But um, it just reminds me of... I was listening to a podcast by this guy, Austin Cleon, and he... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wrote a book called Show Your Work. And what that what that means was he in the process of writing or doing his his 
and blogging and, and whatever. He showed his work as he went along. Mm. And it's kind of this learning. You see the progression and you're, you're engaged with that whole process. Sure. And I think that's true with, with really good writing as well, especially, you know, in fantasy fiction because you're going along and you're seeing, I don't know, you're seeing a progression in a way of the writer's work. Like, oh, let's see, you know, this is what the, the yeah. character is learning and, and the character arc. and It's much more it's, engaging. It's much more How engaging. How did he show his work? Um, like, did he show the edits or what did he do? Yeah, I think he, he would do a bit of writing and just tweet it. So, okay. or 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 put it on um, his blog or... Yeah. And, and just... You know, so people would be able to see it immediately. Okay. immediately. So, like, how the how the novel was developing, or how it was working, yeah, that and, sort of thing. Yeah, and and through that, because you know, you think of like an artist or a writer or whoever mm -hmm. that they get this lightning rod of inspiration, and mm -hmm. no, nobody can see my work until it's finished. But we really want to see how you've done this. And actually, do you know what? I was only listening to a thing on the radio this morning about the Beatles Abbey Road sessions. Uh -huh. So basically, Abbey Road sessions are literally just the outtakes in between them recording their albums. So they're like, you know, yeah. make it a bit louder, or make it a bit quieter, yeah. or make yeah. it this, make it that. So literally just normal, everyday conversation about and doing the work that they're doing. Yes. Yeah. So, the, so there was like a CD about it that sold billions. And now mm -hmm. there's like a musical. Oh. Where they're like reenacting the everyday okay, life, yeah, you know. Yeah. So like John says to I can't remember the name, the Beatles says to like Paul, <laughs> you know, like, like make it louder or I don't like that bit or sing that bit better yeah. or you know, like really just everyday conversations. And I'm just like, yeah. Well, yeah. To be honest, I can't imagine. I would like to go to it, but I mm -hmm. could imagine that a huge Beatles fan who was also a musician who yeah. who wanted to understand how was it that they got to that piece of perfection within yeah. that album I can yeah. understand it would be very interesting to musicians mm -hmm. I can understand how that kind of showing your work would be very interesting yeah. to writers and mm -hmm. um, not, not so much readers who are really just interested in the consumable product at the end mm -hmm. um, but yeah yeah I mean that's why I found reading Ghost Out of Watchman mm -hmm. really interesting because of it thinking of it as a first yeah. draft of To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. and you can see where and she what she where she was what was solid what was changeable right. what was and I thought that was fascinating the good, I mean there's the idea and then you have to kind of get through all this this I don't know fat <laughs> to get to the meat yeah. and then you, yeah. you're like oh no this is good quality yeah. and then, then yeah, that's you, a, yeah I thought that was really fascinating way. anyway let me yeah. um, move on because there's there's two more little little bits of advice she has here and I think they're both quite good um, beware of deus ex machina so deus ex machina is what she says here the term refers to unexpected and improbable solution to a problem in your story it's like the hand of God oh, but basically it's the hand of the writer going what if I just put this here <laughs> you know suddenly it's all like, it's like that that rule or something like coincidence can get your characters into trouble it can't get them out of trouble yeah, yeah, right yeah. it's that it's that you know ruination of the story by just saying trying to get them know, out of trouble when you're just when, like oh there's something that doesn't yeah. come from the logic of the story doesn't yeah. come from the world you put yeah. them in it's yeah. just like and then they found the lost cities of gold. It was under the sofa all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? need to wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think you can. Well, I, as a person who struggles with plot, um, <laughs> you know, 
I sometimes get myself into this like, oh, and even in this story, I'm like, how do I get out of this now? Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten mm-hmm. this situation and there isn't like, to me, that now I'll figure it out. There is a logic way out of this yeah. that works with the characters, yeah. but I have to think about it in a way yeah. that up until this point in the story, I haven't really had to think about yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and what needs to happen. And then once you get into the place of, oh, well, I know certain things need to happen. Mm-hmm. How do I make them happen? Mm-hmm. And obviously you want to make them happen from your character motivations, from the world. It's from mm-hmm. the, 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 basically the things you've set in motion already. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of go, I'm just going to put this here. Yeah, or I'm push you to the left. Or yeah. it's going to happen to arrive well, just at this time. The hand of God is going to come in yeah. and take the monster away. You know, and I think that, yeah, it's death to a story. She says it's death to a fantasy novel. And I, think I think it's, it's death to every novel. It, yeah, it yeah. is. To universal Although, like, sometimes it works. And I'm thinking of Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they all get arrested <laughs> at the end by oh, the yeah. police force. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. You know, although in fairness, the police that happens through the story. Yeah, well. they're they're after. Um, anyway, yeah, I think sometimes, or or another Monty Python, they the giant foot coming down and squashing so. people. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you know, yeah, yeah. like so sometimes you know it, if it's done well, knowingly. And yeah, it's I mean, there's there's a difference between not knowing the rule yeah. and making a mistake. Or um, knowing the rule and purposely flaunting yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah. to, to, for for a particular reason. So like, there's a difference mm-hmm. between those those two. So yeah. like, do you think it's a bit of like amateur hour? No, no. Like the foot squashing, like it's funny. Yeah, like, funny. And it's because yeah. it's absurd. That's yeah. why. Yeah. You know, oh well, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's why you know, like. But I know that. A- I it can't works. think of anything it else where it works, though. No, you know? no, I can't think of anything else. And actually, it's something that I struggle with with my novel. Like the ending is kind of weak because I feel like I just needed to wrap it up. Like they just needed to. <laughs> in fairness, though, you know? don't have the hand of God coming in and going, "I'll oh, just get rid of that." Or, yeah, you know? yeah, but, but I then they won the lottery and it was yeah, all fine. Yeah, yes. yes, thank God for that. Yeah, so I just think I think endings are hard. Anyway, I think I think mm. I think summing up your plot or getting your getting your characters out of mm. trouble can be quite difficult. It's much easier yeah. to get them into trouble. And and I, I I'm feeling like that at the moment. Mm. Like mm. I have a situation, mm. and obviously part of the story is you're pushing towards you want mm. these great, like conflictual situations. Yeah. But yeah. then you have to find a way out of them. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. I just make a volcano erupt at the time and kill <laughs> all the bad guys. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that is a universal truth. Yeah. Actually, maybe I do have. <laughs> oh, maybe my ending is too much. Deus ex, ex machina. Deus ex machina. But I don't know. I'll let you read it. Well, wait, wait, wait. If we ever read your ending, fifty books from now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's coming. It's coming. Okay. You, you just like probably winter. have about forty some <laughs> chapters to read. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. still be my friends. It's okay. coming. It's already written. I just have to. So, uh, the last, the last thing she mentions is cliches. So stay away from fantasy cl- cliches unless oh. it's something you require from a novel. So, or like, stay if you're writing, a, if you're writing fantasy spoof, you might want to lean into cliches. But yeah. you know, yeah. so you don't want your to have readers groaning over something you've written. Dwarves with long beards who love Mithril and hate elves. Elves who are long, willowy, and haughty, and short-lived humans just want to fight and have fun. It seems I've read all these before. Yeah. So there is like this sort of doing something new, not mm-hmm. just, you know, I mean, cliches can be shortcuts as well, but I think if you're hanging your... You mean like stereotypes? 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you you want to be hanging your story on them, you know? Like... I think they should be voided at all costs. I think so too. Yeah, because to be honest, I I don't mind you writing a novel about elves and using kind of a a well-known, accepted definition of what an elf is, Mm -hmm. but it should be... A sentence, and then what you what I want to know mm. is why is your elf different from every yeah. other elf yeah. I've ever like, read? Like, what's or, the point of the yeah, story? Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so like in the same ways that uh, you know, every, if you're not writing fantasy, every other book is about humans, yeah. you know, right. but what makes that human yeah. different? Right. Do you know that way? Yeah. So that's I, I, yeah, I to be honest, if I picked up a book, unless it was written a hundred years ago, if I picked up a book yeah, that was like yeah. really leaning into very stereotypical So I'm like, have I used any cliches? I don't think I have because I'm coming from, from the opposite angle. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely there's some bits of like not understanding, you know, yeah. and not under, like seeing people like that othering, I guess. Yeah. And being like, well, those people do that thing. That's all I know about them. That's all I need to know about them. Mm-hmm. You know? Your character can, yeah. can have assumptions and can be yeah. biased and can be prejudiced. Yeah. That's yeah. no problem. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're describing that character, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. your description, as the writer, your description should not be, mm-hmm. you know, very prejudiced and stereotypical right. and, yeah. you know, yeah. mundane. Because really, to be honest, it's something you're it's all, you're, you're, just, yeah, you're just trying to create interest. Yeah. So like, why would somebody read your book about characters that have been explored time and time and time and time again? Yeah, they're just you very know? boring, samey, there isn't anything different about them. Like, you unless know? you honestly think that you can write better than your the favourite writers. The hot fireman. <laughs> the hot fireman. Cliche. <laughs> in you have a hot fireman in your No, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Let's get to book you know, two. I feel. I feel like I, boom. I feel like I haven't read that fantasy novel. Poor Kate. Please. So, so now I've come to the end of Melissa Kelly's list, but I, I want to ask you, Kate. Do you think there's anything else that I should, I should definitely be doing while I'm writing this fantasy novel? I think that is a very good place to start. I mean, that was very thorough. Yeah. Melissa Kelly did, did a good job. I must put a, I'll try and put a link to the article on our various This is This is something places. that could help, though. Um, I've been on this, this website, the Myth Creants website, and they do specifically like fantasy, some sci-fi and horror but um, they have one specifically on world building. Okay. Like, yeah, and character development, how to... Um, it's just... It, I, I love it. I, I really enjoy okay, it. Okay, I must, I must go and yeah. have a, check that so out we as can, well. So we can have that link on the... Yeah. Cool. On mm-hmm. the website as well. All right. Well, that's been really useful for me. So yeah. we might leave our talk of fantastical writing uh, <laughs> for, for this week. So... Um, Thanks for, for staying with us. And if you have um, anything you think has to be in fantasy, if you're a fantasy writer, please, you know, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know as I kind of ramble my way through a genre I read all the time but haven't written anything in yeah. before. So anyway, we'll, we'll be back again soon. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on our website, irishwriterspodcast.com, and you can drop us an email. All the contact details are there. Okay, okay. So okay thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.